Papadouni, how's it going? I'm good, my brother. I've got a question for you, man. How um, how many times do promoters get your name wrong? I would say, well, on the main team circuit, yeah. probably um, 100%. <laughs> no, but you know, obviously, it's um, it's, it's new. It's, new it's, it's a new name to them. It's not yeah. something that... All promoters are used to it. No. But they're getting used to it. Obviously, on the black circuit. Yeah, yeah it's different. Totally. It's different. <laughs> so, yeah. how do you find crossing over from the black Okay, so which, where did you start? Did you start on the black circuit? I or started on the black circuit. Black circuit, yeah. okay. So, how was, what was it like starting on that? You know what? I would say that that was the best thing for me to do at the time. As, as funny as I was, it was, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to kind of feel your way through and you need to feel familiar with the stage and the crowd. And so I say that being on the black circuit for me was an easy transition mm. into the because it taught me everything I needed to know to prepare me for the mainstream circuit. Yeah. The stage presence, the crowd, the um, crowd work. And even like, you know, just how to kind of set up a joke. I, I reckon if I had gone straight to the mainstream, Things one of them gone as planned. I probably yeah. would have been like, maybe this is not for me. Yeah. But the black circuit allowed me to be myself mm. for a while. No, no, it allowed me to, to be myself so that I can move on to the mainstream to also still be myself. Mm. But find, like, find, um, find you. That's it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, did you like start off doing open mic spots and stuff? Or? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, where, whereabouts? When did you start? When so did you start? I started 2003. Okay. Um, and this was uh, upfront comedy for John Smith. This is Croydon Clock Tower. Mm-hmm. And that was my first ever gig. November, I want to say November the 16th. That was my first ever gig. Wow. In fact, that's amazing. You actually remember the date. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like when. It is like that's when. A, it is like when. It's a bit like. I'm guessing it's a bit like quitting smoking kind of thing. You always remember the day and the date, the time you quit. 100%. Or when you start. Yeah. So, you're not just that as well, but how did you get into the acting? The acting part. So, the acting thing, the acting thing was actually first. Yeah. I was like studying in um, college. Yeah. So, that was first. But I, tramp, I said, all right, let me do comedy so that I can like kind of hone my stage craft, like my performance. Yeah. Like, but acting is what I, in terms of, I studied stuff. Mm. And then from studying it, then I started comedy. And in, like, this was in college. So I started co- comedy in college. And then obviously I graduated from uh, college, then got accepted into Central uh, School of Speech and Drama. Wow. I went there, graduated from there, and then it was just like, I've got to kind of put the comedy to a side and do the acting. So that's where, you know, some people, not everybody, has seen me. On TV, a little bit doing a couple yeah. of adverts. Uh, I was going to say, I was going to say, but kind of yeah. Bit so, yeah, that, that, that's, that's where that comes from. Okay. So, what kind of stuff do you think you've taken from your stage school, your stage, your stage school days to the stage, but well, just the stand up stage? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. Good. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, yeah, to be honest, as much as I love acting, it does it. The two um, skills are totally different. Yeah, totally different. Stand up can help you with acting because obviously you have to sell a joke. And you, with selling it, sometimes you have to you've got to perform it, you've got to give it. Um, you've got to act your joke. Uh, 
Um, but to be honest, Akin has never given me any tool, like any tool to bring to my stand-up. I would say stand-up is actually a harder skill than acting. Well, in well, my yeah, I agree. I agree with that as well because. You've got to find, kind of access the same real emotions as an actor, but you're not writing something, you're not reading someone else, something that someone else has written. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. so you can't just put your emotions into your voice. You've got to put your emotions into whatever you're typing or whatever your mind mapping or whatever else. And even if, like, I mean, well, I wrote a joke the other day, and then it was one of those ones where I knew that the premise was funny, mm. but I, I couldn't access, like, the emotion of the joke. So I, I called my friend Ori Styler, who was a great performer of Joe. And then he was kind of like giving me pointers. This is how you do this part. This is how you do that part. This is how you transition things like that to make the punchline. Yeah. Because, you know, have you ever written a joke where you're just like, I know this punchline works, mm. but if I sell it wrong, yeah, it's all in the delivery. Of course. If I sell it wrong, the, delivery, the punchline is not going wrong. Okay, of course. So you've got to kind of like build the setup that you were acting and stuff. So yeah, I, I'd say... Stand-up has given me more for acting than acting has ever given me stand-up. If anything, yeah. Acting up my stand-up. Really? If anything, yeah. Because obviously, you know, when you're in um, a big school like Central, you know, you want to do all the ranges of emotional crying and all that, all that rubbish. And that all the shit they'll give you an Edinburgh Award. <laughs> they just say, they say, yeah, that's... So yeah, if you take that to Edinburgh, then yeah, you put on a wood, but yeah, it, it robs me of um of that of, of the joy of you know performing. Yeah, you know, as, as, especially like yeah, man, you gotta keep that joy about you. even if it is you're you're selling a joke that is quite dark, and yeah, quite emotional. You still gotta have that element of surprise that makes the, um, the audience laugh. That's it. So yeah, actively nothing, and now that. I'm back because um, obviously I did quit at once. I did stop doing stand up. Now that I'm back doing stand up and um, doing it almost nearly full time, I'm seeing the benefits of um, working on my delivery every single job. Like, sorry, I don't want to ramble. No, 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 please go on like that. I was just going to say um, a stand up performance. When done correctly, whatever the, the, the time limit is, whether it's 20 minutes, whether it's to an hour, whatever, five, ten, it is a full-on performance. Mm. And you don't realize that until you're constantly doing it and you're constantly making those tweaks in um, in your act. And when you're actually making those tweaks and you're actually saying, okay, this joke needs to be performed like this and I need to do this to that and deliver this like this. By the time you're, you're finished doing a whole 20 minutes or even a full hour, you're exhausted. Yeah, exactly, because you've gone through everything yeah. and it's your muscle memory as well as that's constantly working. So, so when if you like get the bug for performing, like that's what I'm really that's what I'm really interested in is like how entertainers are shaped and formed. So I'll when, be honest. yeah, I'll be honest with you. the bug is something that I say it's a constant thing. Yeah, it's all, like obviously I got the bug from the beginning. The first performance I ever did. When was that? Well, the, the, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about from like childhood and shit. Like when? Oh, yeah. When did you, yeah from performance? It wasn't Eddie Murphy. Delirious. My guy. <laughs> My guy. The first time I saw that, 
Because I actually, I've tried to, I, I've seen Americans, you know, always obviously coming to America, mm-hmm. trading places. And then I remember I went to my auntie's house, and I see a tape of Eddie Murphy. Yeah. This is back in the VHS days. <laughs> and I'm like, I remember them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> and I put it on and I've watched it. And I'm like, oh, you, you're allowed to tell jokes. How do you know this? So when I saw that, and I saw how charismatic he was, and how funny he was, and how cheeky he was, yeah. that is when I, like, I got bit by the, I want to be a comedian in mm. So that, that's the first time I'd seen it and gone, oh man, I want to do that. But what made me go, now I really want to be a comedian, is Chris Rock, Bring the Pain. Man. That, that is... is my all-time <laughs> favorite comedy, whether you want to call it album or hour, mm. that is my favorite 100%. Nothing to me beats Chris Rock in the band. I absolutely adore that album. Mm. Like, I just love the fact that you know the most famous joke from that from the hour, right? That took him about five months mm. to get correct. Because it would just bomb and bomb and bomb and bomb until literally the the last second where he managed where he managed to crack it. What job is that? Black people versus um, Oh yeah. Black, yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought as much as you were gonna say that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's yeah. even though it's not my favourite Chris Rock joke, it is the joke that everyone remembers Chris Rock for. Because it is a very poignant it's a very poignant joke. Oh, yeah. I don't necessarily believe in the com- I don't completely believe in the politics, and I think yeah. that. But at the same time, it is funny. It's it is fucking it's funny. Hilarious. I think that routine. I'm telling you, I was crawling out of my living room <laughs> laughing because really? it's that funny. Mm. Oh, man, oh. I, I, nothing has made me laugh like that in, this life. Mm. in a long time. Nothing has made me laugh like that. The last time I probably laughed like that. Is when I saw a comedian called uh, Kyle Burns perform, and I, oh God, he's an American comedian. Yeah, amazing. And that's the last time, like you know that belly yeah. laugh where your 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 stomach hurts, like your, your abs. Oh, I had I had that on Saturday. So talking about to see Darren Harriet. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, you were there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was phenomenal. He was phenomenal, yeah. man. Like he was, he meant he, there were moments where he lost the crowd, but the way he got them back mm. was it's, it's insane. Listen, Darren is, um, he's worked on his craft, like, and Darren, Darren's a pro, yeah. Like, it's one of those things where, like, you can see someone who's you are going to be much bigger at some you're oh, going to be much bigger at some point. Oh, actually, that's a live show, not about Darren. I'll let the comedian. Oh, nice. <laughs> I've never said this to him. I've never seen this, but he is actually my favorite UK comedian. Really? 100%. Okay. 100%. What about, so what is it about Ola? What is it about Ola that makes him your favorite? Ola, Ola is very intelligent, mm-hmm. and his joke writing is, in my opinion, close to genius. Mm. I've watched this guy, and the funniest thing about Ola is that he always comes to me and tells me that I'm the reason why he started. And what he means by that is not in terms of, oh, he was in awe of, of my team, but in yeah. terms of he saw a young man doing stand up and he's saying, he's doing it, I can do it. Mm. You know, almost like an inspiration, like, okay, another young man, he's yeah. Nigerian as well, I'm back. 
So he always tells me that every time I see this guy before, every time I see this guy before, I'm just like, sometimes I don't even laugh. Mm. Have you ever heard a man, heard someone say a joke and you don't laugh, but you go, that's of course, funny. Of course. Yeah. Of course. That is honor. That yeah. is honor. Like, sometimes I don't even laugh and I'm like, damn it. How the hell does this guy? That's because the comedian brain in you is thinking about how did he come up with how did he come up with that? Like I was speaking to my mum the other day and I was saying I was analyzing whilst I was also was laughing at Darren, I was also analyzing the stuff. And she's like, that's that's and said that's because you're watching it in a more critical eye because of what you do. And what you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And so that's what I get with colour. Obviously I laugh. Yeah. But most of the time I'm like, damn, this guy. Like, I can't believe that. He can come up with this kind of material. Like, yeah. Honestly, he's my favorite DJ. I've not told him that, so this no. is probably the first time we hear it. Okay, cool. <laughs> I like all the quotas for guys, to be fair. So, yeah. like, they're all, yeah, they're all, they're, they've made their own, they've, they've made it their own, man. Yeah. And most of us, um, me and Fumbi started around the same time. Yeah. Uh, and, um, so, yeah, a lot of us came from the Black Circuit. Yeah. Fumbi, Ola. Things. Yeah. And so it's nice to see them obviously still doing it, but how they group together to do the photo school. But yeah, yeah. Um, that's not what we're talking about. Nah, <laughs> so speaking of speaking of which actually, um, do you think that T V is still necess- is still the necessary pathway because we've got shit like podcasts and YouTube? Yeah, you're shaking your head and I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately it's not the way anymore. Um, I'd say sadly because I think we grew up in a time where TV yeah. was gold. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we grew up with some really, really good TV shows. Sadly, that's past, but mm. it, it's now we're the stars. Yeah. It's not no, it's no longer like you know the big names. Well, no. they're still the big names. Yeah. Now we have a chance to kind of put ourselves out there and say, hey, look at us, yeah. normal people who are not, you know, chosen by the. By the med- by the medias and yeah. the Illuminati or whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. <laughs> we don't have to go through the Illuminati anymore to uh, to get on TV now. We just turn on the camera and hey, that's it. Like and that's yeah, that's the difference. I quite like that. I quite like that though. It's, it's a lot. It it gives the scene a lot. Makes it feel a lot more grassroots. You know what I mean? Like much more organic. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you still take love and the Apollo if it comes to you. I don't know, in a heartbeat, but like, it's not necessary. No, it's not necessary anymore. He killed it. He killed it. He did the love and Apollo, but he put a camera on himself first. Did his special, did photos, turned the attention to him, and they were like, hey, we need this guy. Yeah. So that's what I like. He chose himself. That's he didn't it. Wait for anybody to choose him. So that was part one of my conversation with wonderful Baba Tunde Alisha. Um, if you like what you heard, please click up and listen to part two. All right, see you there. Good.